primarily a teaching sermon about the pilgrims, which were quickly followed by the Puritans. As I said, they were theological cousins, but they're better, especially the pilgrims, known as the separatists. What you may not know is that this fall is the 400th anniversary of the pilgrims' departure on the now famous Mayflower. The pilgrims embarked on a journey to what they hoped would be a new and improved England. And the pilgrims set forth on this journey, which has shaped the American experience 400 years ago this month of September. Now, most of you are aware that the pilgrims and Puritans are the spiritual ancestors of the congregational tradition, a faith tradition that believes and affirms that the congregation, you and I, the gathered people of God, we are the highest authority on earth. What that means is that the separatists rejected the hierarchy of the Anglican church, and in particular, the bishops. And they decided that each congregation must and could govern itself. As a community of faith, they believed that the people of God together would more faithfully discern God's vision for who they are and how they might treat one another than anyone could do it alone. I mean, that's why the gathered people of God for the worship of God was central to their life together. They understood that they would discern the vision of who they were to be imperfectly. Of course, they were human beings, but that's where the words of Jesus came so to be so important to them. And they literally took them to their heart. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with you. Little did the separatists know that finally setting foot on what is now Cape Cod in 1621, January to be exact, that for the next 150 years of what is sort of colonial history, those self-governing congregations would become the testing grounds for the possibility of democracy. Now, yes, I understand. The Pilgrims and Puritans' understanding of democracy was boundaried and limited, limited to landowning male members of the church. Yet despite those limitations, many historians of the colonial period suggest that some of America's fundamental values have their roots in those early congregational church churches. And what those early churches planted, that is the idea that God wants us to balance our personal liberty with the needs of our neighbors and our communities. Others watered that astonishing vision into what we now call democracy. The first settlement of separatists and strangers, that is what they called those who had accompanied them purely for business purposes. The first settlement of separatists and strangers was Plymouth Plantation and pretty quickly was governed by a man named William Bradford. Bradford had a very strong evangelical faith, and his sense of divine purpose in life was evident. Also evident was his unflinching belief in God's guidance of people via the idea of covenant, of being joined together by God. Years later, when Bradford wrote his history of Plymouth Plantation, he penned these words. As one small candle may light a thousand, so the light kindled unto us has shown unto many, yea, in some ways, 
to our whole nation. Now that phrase became relatively famous when former President George Bush asked us as citizens to be a thousand points of light in our nation. Later this fall, I will preach on the importance of the Mayflower Compact, which was the actual covenant that they established as to how they would live this life together in this strange, foreign, and frightening new land. The Mayflower Compact is considered the first colonial document about democratic self-government. And so, yes, our first foundation or vision of governed people was as an agreement between people and before God. It was a sacred vow, later spoken in yet another covenant, the Salem Church Covenant, to walk together in all God's ways, according as God is pleased to reveal himself unto us in God's blessed word of truth. Now, as I extol those early days, don't get me wrong, I understand some of the huge shortcomings of our Pilgrim and Puritan ancestors. And yes, they were products, and it was clearly reflected in their theology of an authoritarian, theocratic, and we would probably say highly intolerant era. And yet, they also began a time of transition to a more enlightened age and formed the foundation of what we eventually now call the United Church of Christ, our denomination, which holds a deeply inclusive understanding of what those thousand points of light might look like. Well, fast forward about 160 years from the Pilgrim's arrival and into the 18th century, and a congregational church as one of those thousand points of light ordained the first African-American man into ministry in our nation's history. And then in 1854, the Congregationalists ordained the first woman into Christian ministry. And the story of those points of light and justice and inclusivity continue as they are among the earliest abolitionist churches, one of the first faith traditions to support the suffrage movement for the women's right to vote. And they were already involved in the civil rights movement by the 1930s which is about 30 years before it was on the radar screen of the rest of our nation. The United Church of Christ was also the first denomination to ordain an openly gay or lesbian person into the ministry. And in fact, it happened so long ago that he retired from the ministry almost 10 years ago. But I get it. It is safe to assume that our separatist forebears had no idea, and if they did, they might be truly undone, to see how their original vision of self-government would become ours. With a firm belief in inclusivity and affirmation of all people as children of God, regardless of race, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. A tradition that believes in respect for those faith traditions that call God by another name, and that that respect is not in spite of Jesus, but because of our following of Jesus. So yes, William Bradford was right. A thousand points of light would continue to burn brightly from their initial understanding of justice, mercy, and hope. But just as it did then for them, 
Justice and love will still grow today from a people of faith who are covenant together to walk in life, seeking God's spirit and God's guidance. And that all brings us then to the Pilgrim's pastor, John Robinson. He did not sail with that first group on the Mayflower, remaining behind to care for those who could not go. But he expected to join them within a year or two. But Pastor John Robinson never made it. He died about two years later. Still, he inspired those who did embark on the journey. And as they were about to set sail, he preached to them a farewell sermon. You should be glad that some things have changed. It's said that his sermon took most of the day. But as they were about to set sail, he reminded the pilgrims that there was still so much to be discovered about God beyond what they already knew, beyond what they had already learned. And that in their new world, he said, there will still be more truth and light yet to break forth from God's holy word. Those words were a source of strength and hope to the separatists. And I pray that they are still a source of inspiration for us. In this 400th anniversary year, let us envision, continue to envision how we, as a family of faith, covenanted together with God, how we might be one of those thousand points of light of justice and humility and inclusivity, illuminating the path forward for our communities. So let us consider how we will discern that path together in the days and months and year ahead and discover what that might look for, like for us as a community of faith. I believe John Robinson was spot on. There is still, still more truth and light yet to break forth from God's holy word. Let's discover together what that might look like. Amen.